Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. So this past Sunday was the last Sunday in the Epiphany season, and Friday was the Feast of the Presentation of Christ in the Temple, closing out the 40 days of the Christmas cycle. We were lucky that both of these came in the same week this year. It's neat that both the Christmas cycle and the Epiphany season came to a close right at the beginning of a new chapter in the church calendar, which begins today. Today marks the beginning of the pre-Lenten season with Septuagesima Sunday, Septuagesima Sunday, the first day that is no longer counting after something, but rather counting down towards something, which is the beginning of Lent on Ash Wednesday, uh, this year falling on February 21st. In our calendar, with each change of a season, uh, we really do experience a change in tone and in thematic emphasis uh, and also in aesthetics, most notably in the music and the liturgical colors of our altar decoration and our vestments. Uh, and today is a great example of how much our ceremonial changes with a new season. Even though we haven't begun the fast of Lent yet, the character of Lent is brought before us liturgically today so that it can begin seeking into our psyches uh, and so that we are already prepared in our hearts to begin the fast on Ash Wednesday. Today, the liturgical color is changed to violet. In Matins, instead of the Venite, we sing the entirety of Psalm 95. Uh, we replace the Te Deum with a Benedicite and sing the Benedictus Dominus in a more solemn tone. In the Mass, we omit the Gloria and replace the Alleluia before the Gospel with a tract. In fact, we omit all Alleluias uh, in, in the liturgy, but more about that later. Uh, anyway, all that to say, today we are swept into a new time and a new season. And this Sunday specifically, and especially, throughout the propers of the Mass, we're introduced to the multiform character of Lent. Lent, like a diamond, has multiple facets, but they all fit together in a harmony that once you come to accept it, you realize is really quite beautiful. Now this morning I'm going to walk us through those multiple simultaneous aspects of Lent, and I'm going to use the Mass Propers to do it. But before going through the Propers, I'm going to name the Lenten aspects uh, that they introduce to us. The first aspect of Lent is that we will experience trials and tribulations from outside, from the world, from the devil, from whatever. Uh, the second aspect of Lent is repentance of sin. The third aspect is ascetic effort. The fourth aspect is God's reward. And the fifth aspect is praising God. So the first facet in the Lenten diamond uh, is the reality that we experience trials from uh, outside ourselves, difficult circumstances that test our character, our resolve, our patience, and our faith. One of the inspirations for the 40 days of the Lenten fast is Jesus' own 40 days in the desert before his ministry. When he was at his weakest and most vulnerable, he experienced a trial from without. The devil came to him to tempt him. Likewise, many of us during Lent will discover that 
when we're struggling to be faithful in our, in our fast, spiritual or worldly tribulations tend to come at us. They shake our resolve. They alter our perspective so that all of a sudden, this whole Lent thing looks kind of ridiculous compared to whatever we're experiencing. We'll wonder why we're even bothering to fast and abstain, to pray, or to come to church. But at those times, remembering that God remembers us is the only way to prevail. God alone can rescue us, and having our trust in Him is the only thing that can put our minds at rest and our hearts at peace. The introit chant for today comes from Psalm 18. The sorrows of death compassed me, the pains of hell came about me, and in my tribulation I called upon the Lord, and He heard my voice out of His holy temple. I will love Thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock, my fortress, and my Savior. And the gradual chant from Psalm 9. A refuge in the time of trouble. They that know Thy name will put their trust in Thee. For Thou, Lord, never failest them that seek Thee. When we experience times of trouble like these, the Lenten instruction is this. Seek the Lord and call upon His name. The second feature of the Lenten character is our repenting of our sins. Lent begins right after Shrove Tuesday. Shrove being the past tense of the word shrive, which refers to the act of confession. Actually, it's the whole act of confession, of, um, of receiving absolution and being given a penance. So that's what the word shrive or shrove refers to. Now, customarily, we are to prepare ourselves and make a good full confession of our sins on Shrove Tuesday, receive our penance, and then with that in mind, freshen our minds, uh, receive the ashen mark of the fast the following day uh, to A, emulate those who, uh, who in the past have fasted in sackcloth and ashes, but uh, B, primarily to keep in mind our humble nature composed of the dust of the earth and how because of our sin, that's what our bodies return to. The remembrance of our sins in Lent isn't a defeatist exercise, but rather a humbling one and a necessary one if we are to make a true change of direction. The collect for today gets right to the point in regards our sin. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness. For the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. According to the collect, we are justly punished for our offenses. Now, in the Orthodox Church, and indeed throughout the Scriptures, sin is more often described in terms of sickness, malady, and injury. And salvation is described in terms of rescue, healing, and restoration. But while that may be a legitimate and even a dominant way of characterizing sin and salvation, there is still a part of sin that is an offense against God, His saints, or His good creation. And while many of the consequences of sin are, well, consequential, uh, just naturally flowing from the error of our sin, Sometimes the consequences come not just from the nature of things, but from God himself. Sometimes the consequences are natural, ontological, and don't have as much of a moral or personal component to them. For example, if you get drunk, which is in fact missing the mark of how God wants you to live and is therefore a sin, 
Your hangover and or liver damage aren't direct punishments from God. They're just the natural consequences of your error. On the other hand, because with every rebellion against the all-gracious, all-loving will of our Creator for our fulfillment, we sometimes do receive consequences from God that are punitive. They are a punishment that humble us in direct response to the way that we rebel against the God who loves us. So this is why we are both justly punished for our offenses by God, but are also mercifully delivered from the other effects of our sin by his goodness. The psalmist is quoted in the track for today, uh, which is chanted in place of where the Alleluia would normally go, appealing to the Lord from the depths of the natural consequences of sin, and also appealing to the Lord's tenderness and his punitive measures. Out of the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine eyes consider well the voice of my complaint. And if thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee. Therefore shalt thou be feared. That's from Psalm 130. So the big, broad gamut of what sin and salvation means is one of the facets of our Lenten journey. The third aspect of Lent is that of ascetic effort. This is probably the one we think about the most. But why is that? It's ultimately probably not more important than God rescuing us from real danger or from our forgiveness, healing, and cleansing from sin. But it is the thing that we're directly responsible for. It's our part to play. So that's most likely why we think about it the most. The principle of spiritual discipline is simple. The spiritual aspects of our persons need exercise just as, just as much, if not more, than our physical aspect. In fact, yes, I think our spiritual does need it more because it lasts. Our bodies, no matter how well we eat, how much sleep we get, how much we exercise, they will run down and expire, but our spirits go on. St. Paul brings up this point in the epistle reading for the day in 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 24 through 10, 5. He says that athletes do a lot of work and discipline themselves to win a prize that won't last, but we exercise spiritual disciplines for something that will last forever. Do you not know that in a race, all, all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So therefore run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, and they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Well, I do not run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air, but I pummel my body and subdue it, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I want you to know, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same supernatural food and drank the same supernatural drink. drink. For they drank from the supernatural rock which followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So an increase in prayer and works of mercy like almsgiving is part of the discipline during Lenten fast. But it's also, like St. Paul mentioned, uh, the disciplining of our bodies. We pummel them. We beat them into subjection so that they and their appetites don't rule our wills, but rather our wills rule our bodies. That's what fasting is all about. And that's it. I mean, it's, it's a very practical way to train ourselves so that it's not quite as hard to die to self 
or to take up our cross as Jesus instructed us. If the third aspect of Lent is what we're responsible for, then the fourth aspect is what God is responsible for. Sometimes we mistakenly think that God rewards us in direct proportion to what we think we have earned. Even if we don't always consciously think that, I think we're often in danger of feeling like that. But today's gospel reading, a parable, reminds us differently. In it, workers are called to go into a vineyard at various hours throughout the day. Uh, Some are called early, some a little later, and some near the end of the day. And in the end, they all get paid the same wage. Now, there's so much to explore in this parable, but very briefly, it shows us a few things about Lent. One, uh, the work in the vineyard we do benefits us in ways that are distinct from the wage that we receive at the end. The uh, earlier workers really do benefit more in that they build their own strength and skill, their familiarity with the work, and probably their seniority were they to all go out into the vineyard the next day. Now, two, the wage paid is a figure of the reward we get from God, which is his prerogative, his decision, uh, and as we see, is based in his generosity, not in his having any kind of a debt to us for our labor. Uh, St. John Chrysostom, using the imagery of this reading at the end of Lent, uh, during his Paschal homily, famously says, For any who have been working since the first hour, come and receive. For any who have been working since the third, come and receive. Since the sixth, the ninth, or even the eleventh hour, everyone gets to come and receive their wage. And what is the wage? What is the, the, the benefit that God gives us, his prerogative? It's the feast. It is the Eucharist. It is the very presence of Christ and his body and blood. And that presence is what transforms us into fuller and fuller, uh, more complete human beings. And so the measure of God's reward for us is so ridiculously beyond uh, the proportions of what we actually deserve or earn, which is nothing. It's virtually nothing. What God gives us is Uh, eternal life for nothing. What we do in the vineyard, we're not earning anything from God. All that we're doing is training ourselves. Our work in the vineyard, read, read our spiritual disciplines during Lent. But the wage that we receive from God, read the undeserved goodness and generosity of God bestowing all of his wonderful gifts on us. So the third thing briefly that we learn from the gospel reading today is that we should focus on our own work and not pay attention to when the other workers came and started started working themselves. The Lenten fast is a very personal thing. We do it communally. We all we are all in this together. We're all in the same vineyard. But the only reason we should be looking at our brothers and sisters in this fast is for the purpose of uh, encouraging and helping them. Uh, and four, uh, we get this from the master at the end. Don't complain. Just don't complain, <laughs> you know? Bear with it, that's part, of, that's part of your discipline. Now this brings us to the fifth aspect of Lent, praising God. It's true that the alleluias are absent from our worship during this season, but that doesn't mean that we don't praise God. It just means that we do it without that word. <laughs> and what is that word? Well, it means God be praised. It's a shorthand for saying God be praised. Well, in Lent, We praise God without the shorthand. We dig deeper to find the words that we need. We try to praise God out of the depths, not just the heights of our being. The offertory chant today says, 
It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Lord Most Highest. In all the repenting, the fasting, and the discipline, in the midst of any trials or tribulations, during Lent, the key to success, the thing that completes us as whole human beings, is praising God continuously. So these are the aspects of Lent that we're introduced to today through the propers of the Mass. Trials and tribulations from the outside, repentance of sin, ascetic effort, God's rewards, and our continual praising of God. As we get closer to the beginning of the fast, may we prepare ourselves for these realities by thinking on them and asking God to make us ready for the great 40 days of the Lenten fast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.